Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shake my cat off. And today we are going to be discussing the 12th episode of Season 6 of Supernatural, Like mm-hmm. a Virgin. Jamie, what did you think? Look, I said I want a dragon. Mm-hmm. All I can say is, not like <laughs> fucking this. This I know. Literally, when you and Noah were talking about it, I was thinking about this episode and I was like, oh, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I wanted actual dragons. I didn't want just some dude who had... Here, okay, let's dive into this for a minute. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting comfortable. I, my actual note is, I'm so sorry that you and Noah had to get dragons this way. They're literally just some dudes. Why the fuck does he have, like, magical heat powers on his hands? I'm assuming it's, like, meant to be, like, the equivalent of, like, fire dragons breathing. breathe fire. But, like, breathing fire is very, like... I was expecting, like, acid breath or something like that. You know, like, something like that. If they didn't want to do, like, full fire breath, but, like, acid breath or something would make a lot of fucking sense. Mm -hmm. Why is it not related to their breath at all? They're just, like, "Mm, the fire bit was what was important about that, not the breathing part. Also, hear me out. Like, fire breathing is a performance art. Like, they could have worked that in. Like, it it would not be that fucking difficult. Like, it's not like it's an insane concept that couldn't be done. Instead, what they did, they gave us just some dude yeah. Who has fire hand and has some weirdly sharp looking nails. Mm-hmm. And like when he gets stabbed with the specific blade, like kind of gets scales on her. Okay. I want to dive, jump into my first logistic one. You haven't spoken a lot yet this episode because I've just like steamrolled you for the last no, minute. Please do. But I just want to jump into my first logistical point of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's something that we're ever going to get addressed. But I just want to say if they don't forge another fucking dragon <laughs> sword with the <laughs> dead dragon's body, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> You're so right. Like, they're like, mm, we need this specific blade. There's only like a dozen of them in the world or whatever. Five tops is what she yeah, says. Yeah, five tops in the world. They've just fucking destroyed one because Dean is an idiot in this episode. <laughs> like, we love gonna, him, but. <laughs> we're not going to sugarcoat it, but he's an idiot in this episode. So they've just destroyed one dragon blade. Uh, there's what, four left now? Maybe. If, if they do not use this dead dragon to forge. And, like, because that, presumably, he's still got some of his blood inside of him. Yeah. Like, they can forge another one using his blood. Like, that is very much a possibility. If they don't, they're fucking stupid. Well, track record suggests, Jamie. That we're never going to get confirmation that they forged another. I don't mind telling you, I'm pretty sure this is the one and only time we get dragons in the series. (laughs) (laughs) So not only did they squander their one opportunity, it also became their one opportunity. I'm pretty sure feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but off the top of my head i don't think we get dragons again at least not like as a monster of the week like they might get mentioned but i don't think we see them again but one of them lived yep (laughs) and the dragon just that that lived just never comes back i guess not sometimes jamie the antichrist lived (laughs) he's not coming back so i don't know what you want from me (laughs) sometimes i think this show can't get worse (laughs) <laughs> and then it does this bullshit like what do you mean that they're just like mm, yeah no we've introduced this entire other species of like monster and we're never even gonna see one in passing again yeah look i don't know what to like, tell you that's just supernatural oh my god that's Beth. just what it'd be like i don't know what to tell you man we're in season six i would have thought you'd be used to this by now like this kind of bullshit shouldn't even register for you you should be like sort of What's the word? Like, when you're vaccinated, you're, like, immune to it. Yeah, inoculated against it. Inoculated against it. (laughs) I think that a lot of this comes down to 
you give Supernatural a lot of shit for the fact that they're always talking about how vampires are extinct or whatever, and then it's like, we see them every three weeks. Yeah. Bobby, this episode, has a line where he says, dragons aren't like the Loch Ness monster, Dean. They're not real, which, number one, is so funny. But number two, like, I think that it's, they're supposed to be insanely rare. Like, even the lady in this episode, whose name I forget, she says that dragons haven't been, like, seen in 700 years or something. So it's not shocking that we don't see more of them. The really the only reason we're seeing them now is because of, like, plot reasons, like, all the weird and obscure monsters are kind of coming to the surface. And I did want to say, though, the reason that I thought that we'd see them again is because they seem to be plot relevant. Yeah. Because of the last scene. Because of the last, like, literally, like, they've raised someone called Mother, which, like, you know, might be Mother Earth, might be Mother Teresa, you never know. Mother Teresa. (laughs) I have a note that says Mother, and then Taylor Swift, side eye. (laughs) Mother is a mothering. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, they've raised Mother, so I would have figured that, like, the dragons would, because, like, also the other thing is, we see, like, another half a dozen dragons. Yeah. In that scene, there's another half a dozen dragons in America, like, and, you're telling me, right, that we, we've got confirmation that there's half a dozen dragons in America, right? They've just very specifically raised who I'm going to assume, whether they're the major villain of the season or just, like, a villain of the season. Like, I'm assuming we're going to see her again. Like, I don't mind telling you that you're correct. Like, I think that's sort of innately it, obvious. It makes no sense for this scene to be Can you imagine that was it? <laughs> Dean makes the joke, mother of dragons. And, like, yeah, yeah it might be... The mother of dragons. Like, mm-hmm. the whole thing is... Like, the alphas and Yeah, stuff. the, the like, alphas and that, and that sort of stuff. And, like... They throw a virgin into what looks like a volcano. And yeah. I jokingly wrote, they threw her into super mega turbo, turbo <laughs> gay hell. Ha, 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 ha. Sarah Gamble Longcon confirmed. Which... <laughs> oof. They're really... You know, the CGI be CGIing this week. <laughs> and that is not complimentary. But, you know, like, I was like, okay, so we might see dragons again. Because, like, they've just... Right, like presumably they're gonna be relevant. They're gonna be relevant. Yeah, look, I don't know what to tell you. I, to be fair, I haven't fully rewatched season six, paying full attention in a little while, so I might just be misremembering. But I don't think that we see dragons again as a specific villain of the week. I'm pretty sure they get mentioned at some point, but we don't even see them as like mothers, henchmen, or lackeys or anything like that. I genuinely couldn't remember. To be totally honest with you, like I have no idea. Potentially, like we might see these same extras mm-hmm. and stuff kind of come back. But I will say, though, they didn't miss an opportunity here to call her mummy. I hate that. <laughs> I'm kind of glad they didn't go down that route, if I'm being totally honest with you. Maybe, like, I was going to sort of touch on this last, but maybe we'll just start here. Like, okay. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about the whole, like, mother situation? So I think it's either, like, I feel, I feel like there's two options. Mm-hmm. One is, like, the most obvious, like, you know, maybe she's the mother of all dragons, like she was killed many centuries ago. She went to purgatory, so therefore they need to open the door to purgatory to get her out. That was, like, that's why she's mother. Mm-hmm. The other option is, like, primordial god of monsters. I'm thinking, like, along the same lines of, like, death or, like, the angels or, like, she is something that has been around for a long fucking... Like, even Lucifer. Like, she's this season's equivalent of Lucifer. Like, you yeah. know, they're trying to get Lucifer out of the cage They were time. trying to get mother out of purgatory. Yeah. yeah, okay. Like, you know, like, they're doing similar things in terms of, like, you know, trying to get them raised and that sort of stuff like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it's sort of like I feel like that's kind of like where they're going with it and like so she might be like you know mother nature like that sort of is where that comes from or Mm -hmm. she might be like you know we've obviously had Lilith from the bible was an icon and I can't believe she's dead (laughs) 
But, you know, like, they could be going something along that route. Like, maybe... It's like a biblical... It's like a biblical thing. Like, maybe she's God's mother. (laughs) No. We're just expanding the family tree. Yeah, just expanding the family tree. Like, no, no, she's definitely the wine aunt. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? But, like, you know, maybe, maybe she's, like, God's child or sister or aunt or... You know, like something like the god is famous for having a, yeah, yeah, a sibling. Yeah. Sibling, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe, maybe some sort of like relation to God or something along the lines of like death and like the mother of creation. So, like, just basically, or, like we're thinking very old, like very pre, old pre-creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I do not think she is a modern creation. Okay. Like, I think she is like like an alpha or more powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Interesting. Either that or a Sat One Dragon specific for his mother. <laughs> this is like a really pointed rescue mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. That. I'm thinking that Dragon's basically the equivalent of like John. Dragon number three, like <laughs> on his little side quest. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the equivalent of John, and he's like his wife was tragically slain all those years ago. So he's like, I'm just going to break into purgatory to get her out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fun times. Okay. Yeah. I have a question for you because I'm curious. So we know that Crowley was trying to crack Purgatory, yeah. right? Because of, you know, as he put it, like prime real estate or like, It's know, free real estate. It's free real estate. Crowley this season is basically just the it's free real estate. <laughs> Quite genuinely. <laughs> that is like, obviously, like they've basically outlined that to us. Yeah. Also, Crowley is, like, I know that you know that Crowley comes back later. Yeah. So like, you know that like his death that he's had, like whatever it is, is not permanent. Yeah. Right. But I'm curious to know. He's just you, a dramatic bitch. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm curious to know what you think is happening because theoretically, like, Crowley is not around. Yeah. So if Crowley's not directing this to be happening, like, what do you think? Do you think that they're operating under their own steam? Do you think, like, the monsters have just decided? Do you think it's another alpha? Do you think... Mm. Do you have any thoughts around that? Or do you think it's Crowley and he's just not really dead? See, that's the thing. Like, the way you were saying that makes me think, like, we're going to actually get this answer. Like, this is not just, like, a hypothetical. Like, this is something that's going to be... Obviously, like, it's plot significant, so I can't give you too much more. But, like, I'm curious as to where you think. And I will have you know, like, this is not like a... There is no, like... I'm not trying to trick you into anything or anything. There's no real reason why you should know. Like, I know what the answer is, but because I've seen it. Like, there's no real reason why you at this point should know what the answer is. I'm just curious to know where your head's at. I don't know. The way that the way that it was seemed less like somebody was pulling their strings and more like it, it felt more like the way the demons were reacting to trying to get Lucifer out, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Like cool. this is like Like we're all kind of working to a collective goal. It doesn't really matter if the person who was in charge Yeah, yeah. like like it seems like the people who are working together are all dragons. So it's like all of the dragons are working together and so that's where it could be like possible that mother is like mother of all dragons, like yeah. the alpha dragon. Mm-hmm. That's where that could make sense. But, like, I feel like as soon as it's more than that and it's, like... If it's purgatory at large rather than just this specific individual. Yeah, yeah. That's when it's, like, oh, well, is... Is there something more? Yeah. And, like, here's the thing. Even though Crowley is quote-unquote dead, even if he is still quote-unquote dead at this moment and has no, like, power to be able to orchestrate this, there is nothing to say that he didn't already have this set up. Like, contingencies and stuff yeah. in place. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Crowley... He feels like an organized bitch to me. You know what I mean? Like Crowley had his affairs in order. Yeah, like he's got an organizer. He's got a plan. He's not just relying on the buffoons in flannel. Like I love that there's like this concept of some like kind of like attorney who's like doing a will reading for Crowley, like in <laughs> Hell's throne room, just like everyone's gathered giving his like last commands. It's this sort of thing of like 
Just because Crowley is not currently calling the shots doesn't mean that he hadn't already organized the dragons to do this. Especially considering he has been hunting alphas and like, yes, he asked Samuel Campbell and Samuel Winchester to do this and bring him the alphas. Just because it wasn't a Campbell or Winchester who brought him the alphas doesn't mean he doesn't have other people also hunting alphas. Yeah, no, that's totally valid. I'm I'm sorry, but you expect Crowley to be monogamous? Like, (laughs) he's just dealing with one set of hunters? No, like, Crowley is nothing if not effective. Crowley is nothing if not efficient. Like, he knows what he wants to achieve. Crowley's playing 8D chess. Yeah, like, he's not simple enough to just be like, oh, I'm just going to have these two dudes look for it, and if they don't find it, I guess, well, fuck me. (laughs) Like, literally, fuck me. Uh, That last bit was specifically to Dean from Crowley. I don't think that he was putting all of his eggs in one basket. Like, he's not stupid. Mm-hmm. He knows that the Winchesters are good, but, like, they're still they're the not, humans. Yeah, they're not the be-all and end-all. It feels like it depends on what Mother is and mm-hmm. whether Mother is, like, Mother to all monsters or just dragons. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Did you have any other thoughts on, like, plot stuff before we keep on moving along? Not really. I will say, though, it... It's weird to see Sam with the soul again. I was enjoying Soul of Sam. Yeah, me too. And now we're back to, like, Sam. And he's just kind of boring compared to Soul of Sam. It's unfortunate that we had Soul of Sam for so long not knowing he was Soul of Sam. Because I do think that those couple of episodes where he's soulless and the audience knows is way more fun and interesting Mm -hmm. than any of the episodes where you're like, something's up with Sam, but we don't really know what. And also, like, as much as I love just regular run-of-the-mill Sam... It is a bit of whiplash to be like, to go from Sam who was like literally murdering Bobby last episode to he's just like a poor little meow meow. Like, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings, Dean. How dare you read that girl's diary? Like, yeah, you know, and I really appreciate that they had Bobby specifically be like, I am not okay with this and have him be like, no, if Sam's going, I'm not going. And I can't look at him and I can't talk to him. Like he did literally just try to murder me. Yeah. Okay. He didn't have a soul, but also like, but it's still Sam. Like at the end of the day, he wasn't possessed. It was Sam. It's just Sam without morals. Mm. And like, he still has choice. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's had his ability to like make decisions removed. He's had his moral compass removed, which means that like, when all is said and done at the end of the day, like, Sam is capable of choosing to kill Bobby if he has good enough reason. Yeah. And this, like we said, like, that episode, this is the second time we've seen this happen. Like, Bobby didn't know about the first time, but now he knows. Speaking of Sam, I do want to just quickly do a shout out to the previously on section, which is literally just a highlight reel of Sam being a freak. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. It's so fun. To be fair, though, if they really, truly wanted to make a highlight reel of Sam being a freak, they could have just taken every Sam scene from the first six seasons. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> like literally every time someone called him a freak or he described himself as a freak. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. I do also want to talk about Sam in the context of, like, the way that he is presenting himself to, like, the characters. Like, the way he greets Dean versus the way he greets Bobby versus the way he greets Cass. Because they're all very individual and all very interesting, I think. I don't want to spend, like, a huge amount of time on it because it's ultimately, like, not that important. But I do think it's, like, interesting to touch on. First of all, he, like, sees Dean and, like, there's immediately, like, goes for, like, the big hug or whatever and, like, that's pretty stock standard. But he doesn't actually say anything to Bobby. He literally walks into the room and he's like, Dean? And, like, Bobby is standing right there. (laughs) And I was like, poor Bobby. Poor fucking Bobby. Because that's his son who 
died and then was resurrected but came back wrong and then tried to murder him and is now ignoring him and then gives him a hug as if nothing is wrong. And poor Bobby is in this situation where he's like, I can't say anything because you don't know what you did, Mm. but I know what you did and I can't look past what you did and Dean knows what you did, but he seems to be expecting me to look past what you did and I can't do that. And, you know, Bobby is just caught in such a strange moral and emotional place Mm. where, like, he has every right to be furious at Sam, but in the same regard, he can't be because he doesn't know that he did that. Mm. And so it's a very interesting thing, but eventually, like, you know, he hugs Dean or whatever, then he goes and hugs Bobby. Later in the episode, he prays to Cass, and for the first time, (laughs) Cass just shows up. Like, Sam doesn't have to bribe him or tell him there's some insane thing going on. Dean doesn't have to call Cass on Sam's behalf. Like, Sam just says, hey, Cass, I'm back. I just kind of want to say hi. And Cass appears, and then he's like, Sam, it's so good to see you. And then he goes to give him a hug, and Sam just sits down. And I'm like, oh no, you poor baby, you just got rejected so hard. It hurts my heart so bad. And then, like, Sam being like, oh, like, I would hug you, and Cass being like, yeah, but it would be awkward. And I'm just like, oh no, oh, it make, it hurts my heart every time. Like, poor little Cass, he just, like, gets his arms that little way up, and he steps forward, and Sam just sits down. And I'm like, y- you're not subtle. <laughs> What's so funny to me, though, about that scene, though, is that is not at all how I expected it to play out. Mm-hmm. I was ready because, like, mind you, this is seen as intercut with Dean trying to get the fucking sword out of his, like, stone. Oh, my God, so, yeah. And so Dean goes, oh, I know how to get it out. And I was like, oh, great, he's going to call Cass. <laughs> That's the logical choice here. You have a friend who's, like, a, and you know Cass is around because he's already appeared, like, so you know Misha Collins. He was there in the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Misha Collins is, like, a potential guest star because, like, he's, he's already showed up for this episode. Like, yeah. they've got to pay him anyway now. Like, he may as well be there. He may as well be there. So I was like, okay, great. This, like, this is where Cass comes in again. I'm like, this is going to be so good. We're going to, like, I was expecting Cass to just, like, walk up and just go, Yoink. Yeah. out of the, and it would be fine. And then he gets out the, the dynamite. The explosives. Yeah. <laughs> Then we cut to Sam, who's like, hey, Cass, like, I just need to, like, da-da-da-da-da. And then Cass shows up. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. I know. It's so funny. It's I think that the reason they couldn't have Cass show up for Dean is because if Cass just walked up that rock, pulled that sword out, no problem, and then turned around, and Dean would have such a raging heart on. Like, and he would have no way on it. <laughs> but, like, genuinely, like, so Dean is having this like very comedic argument, war, fight, whatever you want to call it, with this fucking rock, like a literal rock. <laughs> and then there's like Cass and Sam, and Sam essentially like not necessarily like manipulates or tricks Cass, but he does like get out of Cass what has happened over the past kind of eighteen months. And obviously, Cass has no reason to know that they weren't gonna tell Sam what happened. So like that's not Cass's fault. For all he knows. He hasn't done anything wrong, right? But then when Sam tells Dean that Cass was the one who told him, Dean immediately calls Cass a child. And I dislike that strongly. Well, considering he's several millennia older than him. Yeah, well, that for a fucking start. But it's also like Cass did not do anything wrong. Unless there was like a moment off screen where you said, hey, Cass, 
don't tell Sam about everything that's happened in the last year and a half that he might want to know about. Because if we tell him about that, that might bring the wall down and then anything that you said about this being a bad idea suddenly comes into play. Mm. But, like, they, as far as we know, have not had that discussion. And second of all, Cass was the one trying to talk Dean out of doing this, out of fear for Sam's safety. So, like, you would think that he would have Sam's safety at the forefront of his mind and wouldn't do anything that he thought would be a risk to Sam's sanity. No. So, like, I don't know why. Because that would make Dean sad, and he doesn't want to make Dean sad. (laughs) So I just think it's fucking rude that Dean is calling Cass a child, because I just don't think it's appropriate. Like, based on what, my dude? He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything childish that I can think of. Like, he was asked a question and he answered it. God for fucking bit anyone gives anyone a straight answer around here. I think Dean's just mad because every time he asks Cass a direct question, Cass fucks off. Like, (laughs) he's just jealous, actually. That's my fucking top take. It's just, they make choices in this episode. They make choices this whole damn show. Do they stop at any point? Like, no. <laughs> I can guarantee you that much. I think that brings us to my PSA of the day, Bethany. Mm, what do you think it is? Oh, I haven't got that far yet. going to be real with you. <laughs> Let me just scroll through my notes and see if I can find something. Okie dokies. Yeah, like we should have the Jeffy music here. Like, oh, no, that's so intense. That's gonna. No, forget Jeopardy, the Kahoot music. Oh, okay. I've got one. I don't know if we've ever, I think we may have touched on this topic before, but I don't know if it's ever been a PSA. The concept of virginity is bullshit and okay. a silly societal convention. Mm-hmm. And there is also literally no shame in being a virgin at any age. Like, I just think that the whole concept is silly. Their whole discussion this episode where they're like, well, she's in her early 20s and her room is full of stuffed animals. I'm like, that tells you nothing. This is like in the fucking swap meet when Sam's like, looks at the Star Wars shirt and goes, huh, virgin. Like, I get that it's, like, a different time period or whatever, but, like, the concept of virginity is archaic and based in nothing and silly. That's my, well, that's my PSA then. (laughs) That's my Beth's unsolicited advice. Though we do get the second half to rehymenate it, which is (laughs) dehymenate And Dean just really do be making up words at this point. I know. No, my PSA this week is appropriate care for artifacts. Oh my god. If you destroy an (laughs) artifact, there's no going back there. Like, you can only repair things so much. So if you have something that is an art antique or an artifact, maybe look after it properly. Oh my god, that entire scene though is so fucking iconic. Like, the music as he's trying to get the sword out is just hilarious. Like, the build up to the crescendo, like, the little wobbly noise, the reattempt using his entire lower half for leverage. Like, you can see his fucking knees up by his ears trying to push against the rock. His little, oh, son of a bitch, that's really on there. Like, which is why I'm saying, like, they should have forged another dragon sword. Oh, it's Like, so she deserves funny. to have her dragon sword because she was an icon. Oh, my God. Yes, Bobby's ex. Love her. Mm-hmm. Love her. I have to look up her name because I didn't write it down and I watched this episode last night, so I have forgotten. Oh, I don't think she has a first name. Maybe that's why I couldn't remember it. They just refer to her as Dr. Viziak. So oh. I don't, maybe we don't actually get a first name for her. But, yes, I love her. She is an icon. She's so fun. And the moment where Dean realises he's been hitting on his dad's ex, like, <laughs> comedic gold. Because no. he basically stops after that point. Yeah, I think it's very fun. And she's just so fucking iconic. I love her interactions with Does she ever come Dean. back? We do see her hey! again. Yeah, so she's very fun. That's a victory. We're, we're taking this one, dudes. <laughs> and I love that, like, when 
Dean realises that the sword is broken. The face that Jensen chose to go with is literally so fucking funny. And then as he turns around and she just like looks at him like she cannot believe she ever let this fucking buffoon in her house. She's looking like she's ruining the day she ever first said hello to Bobby Singer however many years ago. And it's just so fucking funny. I love the... You rocks think you're so smart. The music, welcome to the 21st century. Like, it's giving leverage. It's giving Hardison. Like, <laughs> it's giving, he really should have just called his boyfriend. It really is. <laughs> also, the stunning stained glass in that house. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. She's an icon. She like, really is. Like, what the fuck was Bobby thinking? Well, she does say he was the idiot. So, yeah. like, <laughs> and I don't doubt her. No. She is everything that I want to be. Mm. Mm-hmm. She's got her PhD. Yeah. God, I wish that were me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I choose Blorbos at random mostly, but like, she's now a Blorbo. Mm. Okay, I love that for you. Yeah. Dr. Fiziak. You can yeah. make her, you can even give her a first name. Yeah. You can see though, right? I have a type. Like, Powerful all of my, women. <laughs> all of my favorite characters are like, mm, women who can squash me. This is why I know you'll love Rowena. <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind that she will be your blobo instantaneously. <laughs> I also think you'll like Abaddon. When we get Abaddon. Ooh, I have heard that name. But when you were asking way back when if there were ever any supernatural characters that I think you could effectively cosplay who didn't just wear denim and plaid... And I was like, Rowena and Abaddon. And also you would want to cosplay Rowena and Abaddon. (laughs) I also wanted to talk about the fact that like, something about Cass walking out of the panic room and adjusting his sleeve is kind of absurd. Like, I don't know if it was just me, but there was something about that shot where I was like, ooh, that's a little bit, I don't know, something about it. And then he's like arguing with Dean and he literally walks to within, I swear, a fucking inch of Dean's face. Mm. And he's like right up in his business. And then he gives the line, if you wanted to kill your brother, you should have done it outright. And like, that's a fucking metal line. Like, not gonna lie. You wanna go next? I don't know. I was hoping you'd have something to say about Cass in that scene. Like, not really. Like, not gonna lie, this episode is really forgettable. Here's the thing. There is something that I noticed in this episode that makes me froth at the mouth but should i exit real quick so i have nothing really to add i'm gonna go and revisit my notes yeah but bethany does have bethany had a realization while watching this episode so i am in fact getting kicked off of my own podcast (laughs) so you can come back soon let's start the hashtag justice for jamie hashtag (laughs) i'm just gonna go and get a drink of water while i'm Mm -hmm. kicked out of my own house you're not getting kicked out of I'm not making you go stand on the fucking street, Jamie. Although, actually, if you want to stand out in the yard or something, like, I can come get you. Oh, well, there's me in the kitchen. Okay. I am going to speak quietly. Because, because if you hear this, it's going to ruin a reveal later on. <laughs> Bye, Jamie. Oh, it's really weird podcasting by myself. It's just me and a microphone. It's a bit weird. Anyway, okay. So, oh, now that it's just me and you, dear listener... I had a shocking realization while I was watching this episode, and I don't know if I'm just late to the party, to the point where I sent a huge long message to all of the supernatural veterans in the pod squad. And I was like, guys, I don't know if I've just completely missed this. Like if I drop the ball and everyone's fully aware of this, or if this is something that like is like not well known because I had never heard of it before. And I was watching the episode and I was freaking the fuck out. But we haven't mentioned it yet, but the episode was written by Adam Glass and it was directed by Phil Screezier. And Phil Screezier, like Adam Glass has written a few episodes, like we're familiar with them now. Phil Screezier has directed a lot, a lot, a lot, which means that we're very familiar with their techniques. And that means that 
it's easier to tell when something is like not super compliant as opposed with his usual style. Like it's more obvious when he's doing something that's a bit different. And I was thinking to myself as I wrote, I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, we're getting some really interesting shots. Like, you know, there is a shot from uh, when Dean and Sam are in the Impala, they're driving to the case and Dean is explaining to Sam kind of like, oh, you know, I, I did go to Lisa. I was with her and Ben for a year. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. The scene is being shot from the perspective of the backseat of the Impala. Like, that's really interesting. Like, we often get shots of them having these conversations that is from the front of the Impala, like as if you're looking through the windshield a side profile shot where like you're looking from either Sam or Dean's perspective as they're talking to each other you know we rarely get ones that are positioned from behind them and for obvious reasons like it just felt odd and so I, I noted it and I was like oh that's that's different that's interesting later in the episode when Dean calls Bobby there is a top-down shot of Bobby over his stovetop like there's like the range hood and you can see him staring at the beans or whatever it is he's making but it's very specifically a top-down shot and I was like oh that's really interesting we don't get top-down shots very often like that's kind of cool and then later in the episode when Sam, Dean and Bobby are in the library and they're talking about purgatory and opening the gate and these bits and pieces are coming up with their theories it's another top-down shot over the desk and the three of them moving around and we get multiple sections where it cuts to a top-down shot and I was like this is interesting we also get a top-down shot of the pit when the woman is being sacrificed and I was like this is specific like this is repetitive now this is a pattern and I fucking realized I fucking realized it's because Cass is watching them <laughs> we were literally watching them from Cass's period like he is sitting in the backseat of the Impala and we're seeing the boys from Cass's period like he is watching Bobby and we are watching from the top down because it's Cass's POV. He is watching Sam, Bobby and Dean figure out a victory from the top down because it's Cass's POV. And my mind just about imploded. <laughs> and I went back and I thought, okay, like what about the scenes that Cass is in? And there are no top down scenes whenever Cass is on screen in this episode. There are they are all like the normal, you know, face and body shots. Like there is nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. And in the scene where uh, Sam prays to Cass, the camera starts in the position facing Sam where Cass ends up appearing. When we see Sam pray to Cass, we are literally watching from Cass's POV because he's already there. He's not coming to see Sam. That's why he appears because he's already there. He's Sam was actually calling him. Cass is already in the fucking room watching him. Like, and obviously, like, Jamie cannot know this because it is a huge spoiler given what happens with this season. But, like, I realised, like, oh my god, he's literally Cass's POV. That's why these shots are different, because they have perspective while he's watching them, while he's invisible. And that is so insane to me. And I cannot believe I've never noticed it. If you knew or you knew this, please, God, come and talk to me about it. Because I feel like I'm, I don't know if I just missed some fucking fandom-wide memo. I don't know why I've never seen anyone talk about this. But I, I am dying to talk about it with anyone who's interested. And I would suggest, if you are watching along with us, I am going to, from now to uh, 6.20, going to be watching with this in mind and looking for these shots and seeing up in and seeing what dialogue is being said or information is being shared as we go through these scenes that are specifically from these kinds of perspective shots to see if it's like a continuing thing or if it was just something that Phil crazy I decided to do for this episode in particular and I would love to keep talking about it but I can't keep kicking Jamie off the podcast so come and talk to me about it in the spoiler zones of our various social media if we keep seeing it I am going to be thrilled um I think from now on I might just say the thing from 612 happened again and that will be like the cue <laughs> for you to know that I've seen it if you're not watching the episodes at all. 
Anyway, I don't know if everyone else is going to freak out about that the way that I did, but I had to include it here. <laughs> so I'm going to go grab Jamie and we're going to get back to it. But yes, if you find this interesting or you already knew a guy or you know someone who's got other theories, please God let me know because I am so fascinated. <laughs> I would never, I would never, I'll gaslight the fuck out of you, but I'll never bully you. <laughs> Excellent. It would have been I devastating if you had. I don't know, maybe one or two, I'd do the word journal, my like, implication. So, Excellent. and the rest sounded like, mm. Excellent, because I was really, like, that's going to be some ASMR for, <laughs> I was like leaning in, I'm like whispering, I, literally though, I need you to know how excited I am, my pulse rate is up. Like, I, <laughs> You really did something very hey, exciting. By the time you do the edit for this, might I have already gotten the Yeah, I, I think you, depending on how long the strike goes on for, there is a significant chance that you will actually be able to listen to that without me having to be like, Jamie, don't listen to that part in the edit. So we'll see how we go. We will see how we go. Because it's, it's season six relevant. Cool. Thank you for indulging me. I've just said to the listeners... That from now on, if I notice this particular thing, like as like a recurrent theme, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say like at the tip, of, like at the top of the episode, or like at some point, like around the scene, it was relevant. I'll say like, oh, the the six twelve. Okay, the six twelve phenomenon. Yeah, the, the six twelve phenomenon. I noticed mm-hmm. here. Let me know if you have thoughts, and that way yeah. they will know that I knew. I'll know if they ever message me what the six twelve mm-hmm. phenomenon is. Yeah. but you won't know until I mm-hmm. explain to you once it becomes relevant. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sorry to exclude you like that. Oh, fine. Fucking but kick the, me off of my own goddamn I podcast. I promise you, I promise you, I'm so excited to talk to you about it because if I had never done this podcast and, like, I did, wasn't looking at this show, like, the way that I have to now, never would have noticed this. And I'm, like, I literally, I, I've said, if you have heard anyone talk about this before, please go send me the link because I've never seen anyone talk about it and I am desperately invested. <laughs> okay. I'll believe you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. While you were out having your little break, yeah. while I was having my little meltdown, mm-hmm. did you think of somewhere else you would like to go? Any notes you wanted to visit? I just want to talk about the special effects this week. <laughs> okay. Because here's the thing. I feel like lately the special effects in Supernatural, they haven't been like incredible, but they've been good. They've been you fine. Know, they've been fine. They've been serviceable. They're I have notable in either direction. No. You know, they do what they're meant to do. They convey what they're meant to convey. But this week, oh, buddy boy, this week. They made some choices. I'm nodding at Jamie while she stares at me. And like she wishes she was dead. <laughs> I'm reminded of you roasting leverage for being a bit of a shit car explosion. Oh yeah. And then I'm thinking of this. And where the fuck did you think you had a foot to stand on? Like I didn't. <laughs> I am not trying to compare the two. I think they're both bad. There is no winner here. We all lose. <laughs> I also wanted to make a note that actually, in kind of a hilarious coincidence, the episode of Leverage that we just covered was also relevant to flying a plane. Yeah. <laughs> like, the weirdest way. A little like, different, though. Somehow, everything mm. that we've talked about today has involved plane crashes yeah. one way or another. And I did have a note that this was a bit Phantom Traveler core. Mm. Like, just putting it out there. What gets me, though, about this is they were like, oh, well, instead of making them actual dragons, they're going to look like big bats. Which but is... We never see them as big bats. <laughs> no, but, like, that's how everyone describes them. You don't even show it on screen, dude. I know. We so this even... sounds really silly, but it looked like a dragon. Yeah. Like, problem solving. <laughs> Actually, what was really funny to me is, like, for those of you in the know, it's swooping season at the moment. For those who don't know what that means, basically, 
birds, uh, specifically magpies, get very uh, territorial and protective mm. of where they're making their nests, which is like, you know, fair and valid. And they don't like people walking around underneath them. And so they will swoop you uh, with their sharp beaks and their claws. And they're known for like taking dogs' eyes out and things like that. So, you know, you don't want to be swooped if you can avoid it. But if you know that there's like a bird around that's likely to swoop you, you can kind of just speed up and get through pretty okay. Or like wave a handbag around your head so they don't hit you. But this episode, when they're like running from things, like it was giving like magpie POV. Yeah. You know, like I was like, oh, I feel like I'm watching a TikTok of someone getting swooped by a magpie. Mm-hmm. It's just. But I'm the magpie. But I'm the magpie. Like, <laughs> like it's VR. But I don't know how I feel about this episode, like just kind of generally. Actually, that's a lie. I do know how I feel about this episode generally. I don't really like it. Personally, I feel like. Hot take, it's bad. I. <laughs> I, when I messaged the, the pod squad about, you know, this thing that I was just talking about while you weren't out of the room, like, I literally just ex- described it to them. I was like, oh, I just rewatched 612 for the pod, like, and then in brackets, I put the shitty dragon episode where Sam's just been resolified. Like, that was my descriptor to, like, catch them up on which episode and was, we're at. was the only thing that people said about that, oh, yeah, I like that episode because of the solified thing, but everything else was bad. Well, most people were reacting to what I said about the episode. I'm gonna lie. not gonna lie. Like most people didn't comment on that, except KJ, who said, "Okay, but I like Resolified Sam," and I was like, "That's valid." But yeah, no, I think that the concept, like the way that they portray dragons in Supernatural, is uh, generally mocked, and I think that that's fair. And yeah, it's just kind of overall a forgettable episode. I think it's essential. Don't get me wrong. I think it's important because. We needed just like a general run-of-the-mill case to get Sam back up and running. We needed to have that sort of tension with him and Bobby, like have a bit of space to breathe. We needed to have Sam find out sort of what had happened. We needed all these things and it makes sense to put it in kind of like a general monster of the week kind of episode. Like it made sense to do that. Mm -hmm. We also got like some plotty adjacent stuff, like obviously with like Mother and that, like you don't know how that all connects yet, but like... I'm assuming it connects. Like, yeah. it, it seems, here's the thing, like, obviously, red herrings are a thing. Yeah. They can put in something so it smells a bit fishy that doesn't actually really matter. But there's no reason for this to be a red herring. Like, that would make no fucking sense. The, this episode is just kind of weird. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, I think there are valid reasons for liking it. It's just not for me. And also, I kind of find the whole preying on virgins thing and the way it's presented kind of icky. And again, Ooh, that's... we haven't even said it yet this episode. Big guy. Yes. (laughs) I kind of love the delivery of the line where she's like, well, Matt Bond didn't count. Peak humor. Yeah. Like, like, I want to be clear here. The girls are icons. Yeah. The concept is big yikes. Yes. And I get it because it's dragons and it's like the lore thing. Also, like, it's just kind of bizarre to me that they have this whole plot where the dragons are stealing these these women away and like kidnapping them. And then they take them in vans. And they need one. And then he's like, well, lucky I got enough. And then they throw one in and they're done. Like, what about the van of, like, six other women? (laughs) Like, what did you need them for? Like, what was your end goal? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why were you kidnapping multiple women when you needed one? You needed one. one. Like, you could have been done and dusted and Sam and Dean wouldn't have even fucking known you were in town. Mm. And yet... Also, the girl that they do throw in and does become mother, Mm -hmm. that actually, like... I've only seen her on screen for two minutes, but I feel like she's going to be iconic in the role. Does she, like, rec- like is she the same actress or do they... So we get 
a couple of appearances of her character. Mm-hmm. And primarily... Is she like a, a vessel shifting thing or is it just like that actress is kind of what I'm asking. So primarily we do get that actress. Oh, that's cool. Primarily. But she is not so much, she doesn't change vessels so much as she can change the appearance of her vessel at will. So we get mm-hmm. other actresses portraying her, but it's because it's her will that they look yeah. a certain way. It's not because she's chopped and changed. Mm-hmm. It's not like a demon. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a demon. In and out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how much screen time she gets specifically. It's not a huge amount. I they really just hate to see a girl boss one. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. I want to mention that I personally am on Team Bobby. I think that they should have told Noah Sam. Noah would be proud. <laughs> yeah, Noah, this one's for you. <laughs> they should have told Sam. Yeah. They should have told Sam. Like, Dean is, like, pissy. Also, I'm sorry, Noah, Sam. if you didn't want to be no- known as the Bobby dude, then you shouldn't have told me, no- like, Bobby was your favorite character. Look, now you're getting called out every time we say Bobby. Let's set the fucking record straight. On this podcast... KJ is the Sam person. Yeah. August is the Anna person. Mm-hmm. Noah is the Bobby person. And Hannah, Hannah is, is the Reaper, Reaper from, from Faith person. person. <laughs> and we will find an obscure character for every single one of our friends if it kills it. You're the Meg person. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, or the obviously. Zacky Boy person. Mm. That's maybe a tougher call. I feel like I have to be the Meg person just because Zacky Boy is no longer... I'll die on the hill of being a Garth person, mm. but we'll get there. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> I love him. Mm. But, yeah, no, I'm Team Bobby. Like, Sam should hear it from them. And I don't think that they should have gone out on a case or whatever or interacted with people outside of the three of them until Sam at least had a basic understanding. Mm-hmm. What if they run into the Campbells? Like, what I, are they meant to tell them? I'm, like, the thing is, I understand Dean's point of view. I understand him being like, but, okay, there's a lot going on. Can we just can we just wait a minute before we make any big decisions? And he's, like, worried about Sam and the wall and, like, scratching or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I do. But, like... Sam is going to find out. Bobby makes the point. Sam's not stupid. Also, Sam's less likely to scratch the wall if he knows what's on the other side of the wall. Yeah, because he's not curious. Yeah. You know, like, if he knows you were raised from hell and your soul was stuck there for a little bit, maybe don't try and dwell on that fact too much because you might bring down the wall that's keeping you but not like, unhinged. Oh, do we get a version of Soul Sam? Soul Sam? That doesn't really make... <laughs> but, you know, like Sam with OG his soul. Sam. <laughs> Sam with his soul that does remember, like, does the wall come down at some point? Can you? I'm not going to yell at okay. you because I think that's too close to being, like, plotting with him. So, because at the moment that's a threat, right? The threat is that the wall could come yeah. down. So I'm not going to let you know one way or another if it does because I think that it's too plotty. Mm-hmm. If I tell you that no, it doesn't, then it removes the threat. And if I tell mm-hmm. you yes, it does, then it removes the, like, mystery Ooh. of, like, will it work? Well, it kind of removes yeah. the threat in another sense because you know it will come. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to yell on it. But... I think it's really interesting also that Sam immediately wants to know if Cass was the one who got him out of the cage. Like, his first instinct is like, well, did like did Cass come get me? Like, there is not even a moment in his mind. What's so funny is he's like, well, Cass rescued you, Dean, so therefore yeah. he must care equally about me. <laughs> Literally. But I, I like that there is not a moment in Sam's thinking where he asks, how did I get out? His immediate thought is like, well, was it Cass? Like, did Cass get me out? Like, there is no... He doesn't think that Dean would have made a deal. He doesn't think that they would have done anything as stupid as bother death. <laughs> you know, like, and I, number one thing that's really funny that Sam thinks that they wouldn't have done that. But number but also, two. The funniest thing is that Dean frames it as, I have leverage. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It's like, baby boy, no, you didn't. <laughs> you literally, you found death and death was like, 
You've got no leverage. Yeah, he literally led with that. He was like, what do you think you can do to me? Literally, Dean, he did it because like every fucking immortal being on the show, he has a silly little crush on you. You're just fascinating like a bug to him. (laughs) Or a bacteria, rather. Oh, I also think that the fact that they have this conversation in the kitchen while Sam is eating a sandwich that theoretically Dean prepared is really interesting because the kitchen is so specifically like Dean's area like it's the green and it's just like the heart of the home kind of thing we've talked about Dean and in the kitchen before but I think it's interesting that he's having this conversation in this area because Dean is in control and they're having this discussion in the Dean room and I think that that is interesting in and of itself <sighs> back up fuckers okay. <laughs> sorry did you just refer to people listening at home as fuckers is that what you just said i'm australian it's incurable yeah um, it's, it's also a time of endearment <laughs> they don't get it they haven't been listening to the podcast long enough okay get ready for this <laughs> sam right he's got his soul back yeah. okay and death's put up this wall yeah. right which is meant to block his memories of like hell right Hell, but also the last year and a half. Sort of from either perspective. But why is it blocking the last year and a half? Theoretically, he's still forming those memories. Why is it necessary for him to, like, lose his memories of the last year? Like, because he was still making memories. Like, his brain was still functioning theoretically. It doesn't make sense to me why they're choosing to make that the plot point. So... Wait, does that also mean that Sam doesn't know Samuel Campbell is fucking been raised (laughs) from the dead? Actually, the list of things Sam doesn't know is quite funny and extensive, and maybe we should touch on that. So, yeah, he doesn't know that Samuel Campbell is alive. He doesn't know they have any fucking He doesn't relatives. know about any of the cousins. He doesn't know about the alphas. He doesn't know about Crowley. He doesn't no. know about anything. The fact that they just start talking to Sam. He doesn't even know Sam, that Meg's back. The fact that they just start talking to Sam about purgatory actually makes no sense. Oh, actually, it kind of does because Cass called him up, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, buck wild. I didn't even think of that, but, like, yeah. He has no idea. He's going to run into Balthazar, and Balthazar's going to be like, oh, how did you go with killing your father? <laughs> and he's going to be like... He's going to be like, when did John come back? <laughs> he's going to be like, who the fuck are you first up? <laughs> like, Crowley looks different. <laughs> oh my god, yes, no, it's literally so funny. Because, like, yeah, Sam knows nothing. Yeah. He knows nothing. Like, what I will say, though, right, and this is, like, my actual mm-hmm. answer to your kind of question, is I want you to think about Buffy for a hot minute. I want you to think about Angel and his curse. So, obviously, like, Angel became a vampire. And if you haven't seen Buffy, like, forewarning, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. So, just, you know, bear with me on that one. So, Angel, like, became a vampire. And he did all these horrible, atrocious things while he was a vampire. He didn't have a soul, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't have a soul. He had no moral inhibitions. I assume that they were going for a similar thing with Supernatural. Mm -hmm. It would make sense that they would take inspiration from from Buffy. And we will come back to that at a later date. Actually, we'll, well come I mean, back to a very similar discussion about well, this Well, I mean, date. considering they were literally like, what if we made one of our main characters just Buffy as a dude? Yeah, and then a character that is an angel and make them love interests. Yeah. Yeah. Real, uh, real subtle comparisons. Anyway, we'll also touch on that later. But basically, the deal with Angel and the reason why he's quote-unquote like good in the start of the series of Buffy is because he kills all these people and then in retaliation, one of the people who, who lives, whose family he kills, puts a curse on him, that reinstates his soul. And then he feels horribly, horribly guilty about all of the atrocities mm-hmm. he's committed because he can still remember them. And it, like, fucks him up, right? And that's the point of the curse. Mm-hmm. The point is that he remembers what he did and now he feels bad about it, whereas before he didn't. I'm assuming similar concept with Sam. 
if they let Sam remember all of the things he did, because remember, we don't even know the worst that he did because he didn't even tell Dean about the worst stuff he's done. He explicitly said that he wouldn't tell Dean, like he couldn't tell Dean about the worst that he's done. I'm assuming, though, they're not fucking atrocities like murdering people. I think they are. I'm pretty sure we've had verbatim from his mouth that he's killed innocent people. I'm pretty sure we have, like, that's just, like, direct quote. Because I'm not I was thinking from that it was, like, you know, killing demons and, like, somebody was, like, killing the vessel at the same time, which, like, they've done before with souls, you know what I mean? Like, I was not thinking that was meant to be framing it as, like, anything... Like, obviously, it's worse than what he's done because he did it without thinking about it as much. And, you know, it was maybe his second option when it should have been his fourth or fifth. But, you know what I mean? Like, Sam's done some fucked up shit. I don't understand how soulless Sam could have done something that much worse. Like, babe, you were drinking demon blood. Yeah. For, like, a solid year there. I think that, like, arguably, yes, Sam has done some insane things. And obviously, like, at the end of season five, like, he had to get that blood from somewhere. Like, theoretically, he's drained multiple people. Even, Mm. like, season four finale, like, he had to drain that whole nurse. And I think that, yeah, you can argue that. But essentially, I think the only real reason that you could have for Sam not being given or not having access to his memories from the last year and a half is either it's an angel situation where, like, if he had access to them, he would be just horribly tormented and basically paralyzed by his own guilt and whatever, right? Or, alternatively, they're too interwoven with the timeline of his time in hell and, like, the way that the timeline syncs up in his brain. If he has access to one part version of that that last 18 months, he also has access to the other part of that last 18 months. I suppose it then depends on, like, the mechanics of of memory and how it would function. Let's dive into that. Let's not. (laughs) Because I would like to sleep tonight and this will keep me up. But yeah, no, I think it kind of comes down to either of those two things. Mm. Either he would become incapable of functioning because he'd be too distraught by his own actions, or it's just because if he has access to one side of things, he has access to the other. Okay, so now my money's on because, like, you got to remember that everything he knows, he only knows because Cass told him, right? Mm-hmm. My money is on here. He knows nothing about the Campbells. He knows nothing about the monsters <laughs> being Cass weird. wasn't there for that. <laughs> he knows nothing about Balthazar. All he knows about is the fucking civil war in heaven. Because oh that's God. all Cass, actually like Cass did an autistic <laughs> info dump about what his last 18 months has been like. <laughs> Genuinely. Sam has so much information about Raphael. Yeah. Like Sam knows everything about Cass's tactics. Yeah. He knows everything that's going on. Cass is like, I've been waiting for anyone to ask me how I'm doing, and now I'm gonna tell you literally everything. Because <laughs> Cass this entire season's been like, it's like when they ask you if you're fine and you're not fine. <laughs> Cass feels like <laughs> like in the office, like sits down, looks directly at camera. Let me tell you. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm willing to bet that Sam knows nothing about nothing because mm. Cass only told him the bits that are relevant to Cass. <laughs> oh, so he knows that Crowley's dead. Yeah, because <laughs> Cass is like, and then I did this fucking cool shit where I burn his bones. Sometimes you just gotta burn your romantic rivals. Do you think Cass told him about that little conversation they had where he was just like, "Will you, boy?" <laughs> Like, do you think he was like, and then we had a conversation and I burned you real hard? Do we think that Cass told Sam about how he's so mad because, like, Death's clearly in love with Dean? Oh my god, so it's actually just Cass for, like, an hour just, like, bitching about how, like, Dean is so interested in this other fucking eternal being? Like, like oh, just because he's got a cool ring? Like, uh, anyway, that's a bit silly, but... And then Death gave him his ring and, like, oof. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon they were a just A ring is removable. A handprint is forever. <laughs> <laughs> Not Sorry. if you ask the CW special effects department. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. 
I also... Well, some people were getting Dean a ring. I etched onto his ribs. <laughs> because one of them is truly bespoke and the other's not. <laughs> oh, okay. Coming back to the episode a little bit. I do have one final note, which is that Dean calls Sam a nerd. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, I'm telling you, Dean starts a sentence referencing Tolkien. <laughs> calls Sam a nerd. <laughs> And then leaves to go nerd out over a literal sword in a stone. It's literally the ultimate, like, show me one thing and tell me another. They're literally like, oh yeah, Sam is a book nerd. Sam is a fucking nerd. Let's let Dean make all of these literary references. Sounds like someone's in denial. Oh, it's literally so funny to me. Like, my note was Dean. Full stop. You can't call Sam a nerd when you just referenced Tolkien. And also Smog literally lived in a cave. Like, he's talking about, like, oh, like, where do dragons live? And Sam's like, okay. And he's like, huh, nerd? But he just referenced Tolkien. I'm like, babe, <laughs> you're lying to everyone. You know this. It's literally like when he tried to bully Sam for knowing about Cinderella. Good lord. Anyway, what a ding-dong. Peak Kimbo energy for Dean this week. Oh, he is Kenuff. <laughs> anyway, I don't have anything else to talk about. Like, you're right. This episode is very... It's nothingness. It's, eh. Like, there's important stuff that happens. Yeah. There's plot, and then there's big yikes, and though, like, it swings like a metronome between the two. Yeah, which, to be fair, not unusual for Supernatural. I am very excited, once we get to the end of the season, to come back and yeah. point out the things that I can't currently show you, because I do think that that inherently gives this episode more value. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like, there is no subtle way for me to talk about them. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, maybe there is, but you're too good at figuring shit out, so... <laughs> I've decided to not even... twist, I just go back to this recording after you've left and... I've just decided to not risk it. (laughs) And you're banned from listening to this until I tell you it's safe. That's what I've decided. (laughs) Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. What would you rate episode 12, season 6, like a version, out of 5? I think I'm going to give it two and a half. That's fair. There's just too much big yikes in this one for me this week. Like, I'm going to pass. You know what I mean? Yeah, if I was doing a rewatch, I'd probably skip this one, except that now I kind of want to go back and rewatch it to double check for some stuff. But yeah, like generally speaking, as a first pass, like whatever. It's got all the big yak shit about virginity and. There's like a rape joke, quote unquote, in yeah. there somewhere. Just the entire, like, it's so disappointing that this is how we got dragons. It's set up, essentially, but I just don't have, I haven't seen the payoff yet, so I can't. You can't really rate it. I can't. You comment don't know. On it. Yeah. But like, you know, I was watching it and I was bored. That's valid. Which is like, you know. Be good or bad, but don't be boring. Mm. You know what I mean? The next episode uh, has a very... It's, it's a title that gives nothing. Oh, yes, babe. <laughs> give me nothing. <laughs> this episode gave you nothing, and this next episode's title is going to give you nothing. It is Unforgiven. Do you have any thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, fears, or predictions? So I think Unforgiven's probably going to relate to, like, Bobby and Sam's relationship. That's a valid take. And the fact that Sam fully tried to murder him. Mm-hmm. Like, not even just, like, there's a little tee joke, like... <laughs> Fully trying yeah. to murder him. They're going to be really dealing with that because, like, obviously, like, we started dealing with that this episode, but, like, also Sam needed to know that he'd done some shit before he can really truly deal with it. Yeah, he and can't only, exactly, like, apologise if he doesn't know he's done anything wrong. And he only finds out at, like, the three quarters of the way through this episode mark that. Mm-hmm. And he and Bobby don't have any alone time after that. But obviously, yeah, Bobby is, like, struggling with it, and mm-hmm. that is so fair and valid. So I think it's referring to Sam and Bobby's relationship, and I think they're also going to have to, like, there's going to be some implications of, like, the door to purgatory being open. And, like, I think it might be interesting if 
the idea is like what Crowley wants in Purgatory is not this mother character specifically or anything like that, but it is like the souls down there. But like in getting this mother character out, even if it was just the dragons and the dragons being purely self-serving and mm-hmm. wanting, you know, their alpha back or whatever. If like when they've pulled them out of Purgatory, they've left like the door open a crack. Like it's inherently less secure because they didn't seal it again properly. Kind of like breaking the seals. But less like over the top. Like less. Yeah. <laughs> less intricate. Yeah. Okay. No, that's valid. Do you think that Cass is likely to be in next week's episode? I think Cass is going to be avoiding Dean because he knows he's fucked up. <laughs> valid. Do you think Cass is just going to throw himself into his like heavenly tactician yeah. work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's full denial mode next week. He's like, oh, fuck. Cass is like, my crush. I don't have time for you. I'm doing hot girl shit. <laughs> I'm commanding an army. I don't have time for you. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you had as much fun listening as we have had recording. If you wanted to chat to us about anything, you can always hit us up on any of our social medias, all of the links for which will be in the description below. And possible topics for conversation could include... How do we think that the wall works? The door. The hall. The wall. The, what? The wall in Sam's mind? Oh my That we God. talked about extensively, that I asked you how I'm it was, and you said, so don't give me that. Sorry. No, no, I did not hear what you said. I thought you said the war, and I was like, the war. What the war in heaven. I was like, what can we possibly talk about with that? We've barely touched <laughs> on that. And then you, were, I was like, I was like, the pool. Like, I just did not hear what you said. <laughs> I would love, as I've already explained, I would love for you to come and talk to me about the 612 phenomenon. I think that would be fascinating. Obviously, spoiler chats only. No, just tell me. She'll be right. No. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down on this one. <laughs> no. I just see you excluding me. First, she kicks me out of my own fucking house. I did not kick you out of your house. You were staying in your kitchen. <laughs> I kicked you out of your study. You asked and me. And you volunteered to leave. Sorry. I'm so sorry for anyone using headphones that I just <laughs> went into that bitch. Anyway, I think that just about does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and hopefully we have you back next week. Bye. Bye.